Hello everyone, welcome back to Daf HaShavua as we study Meseches Yuvamas, Daf Kuf Chaf Aleph. Uh, please look at the note that I sent out this week about a siyum. This is a national siyum that will be taking place. I hope to make it myself, even though I have something else that evening. Please RSVP. Also, if you're interested in making a siyum at the shul, at some point, I'm not sure if it's going to be before Yantav, after Yantav, if you'd like to speak for a few minutes, uh, please let me know. It would be very inspirational for others. And we will, Bezrat Hashem, in a couple of weeks, start Meseches Ksuvos. We are taking Daf HaShavua, and we keep pushing forward. Okay, the Gemara this week, uh, very fascinating Gemara. I want to make uh, one point before we jump into some really beautiful Musr and Hashkafa. In most of this Gemara, what you'll see on, on both Amad Alf and Amad Bez, you'll see a lot of stories. Now, these stories are not typical Agadita. These stories are really explaining the halacha. Sometimes, you know, first you have the story, then you have the halacha, and other times you have the halacha, and then you have the story reinforcing itself. So it's just interesting when we talk about Agadita, it's hard to just put it into a simple box, because I would say that this Gemara is filled with beautiful Agadita. Every story really has lessons to learn, even beyond the halacha, but it's also a very halachic. And I'm going to jump in to a really beautiful story. I'd say it's a beautiful story because uh, the guy comes out at the end, but it also creates a lot of confusion if this woman actually got remarried and all the problems that we discussed uh, for the last uh, couple of months in Mesechus Yuvamas. Because remember, if the husband comes back, then when they thought he was dead and it was an uh, unfortunate situation that this woman got remarried, then she's going to be Asr Labal, Asr Labal, and even run into possible Mamzerus Shilas. But putting that aside, which is not so easy to put aside, we get into the Gemara. The Gemara says, at least according to the Chachamim, that Mayim She Yeshlahem Sof, so if you have water that has an end to it, and the way the Gemara defines, and this is Paskin Halacha, of this is the Halacha, that how do you define Mayim Sheyesh Lahem Sof? So Amar Abaya, Abaya says, and again, this is the Halacha, Kol She'omed Veroa Me'arba Ruchosaf. You could end up seeing all four sides. If you want to look, into the halacha, look at the ches and tes and the enmish, but near mitzvah, and you have the Rambam discussing this in Parakeet Gimel of Hilchus Gerishin. That's where a lot of these halachas are coming from. So that's the halacha. But now we have, as I explained, a case, and a case that seems to undermine, or at least one, one of the um, Amarayim seems to undermine the halacha. Now we have a general rule that the Gemara here is assuming that if a Chacham, an Amora, a Rav, paskins against Halacha, then he's going to um, be put into Nidoi. He's going to be put into excommunication. Some of you may remember this from Meseches Chagiga. It's a long time ago, but when we learned Meseches Chagiga, we discussed uh, some of the issues of Nidoi, of excommunication, and how it could possibly apply even today. But... 
that is not something that uh, we should take lightly and has to take a lot of, and what exactly Nijoy means today and its impact is uh, not so pushed, okay? But that we discussed in the past. So what happens here? And I want to spend time on this case, especially we're in the month of Elul, <clears throat> and it's not just the time to work on our Midas Ben Adam Makam, on our behavior Ben Adam Makam, but also our Midas Ben Adam And you see here the humility of uh, the great Amarayim, really three great Amarayim who are operating here with humility. So what happens? Hahu Gavra, this is uh, in the beginning of the Gemara, Anoman Aleph, Hahu Gavra, the Tava Ba'agma. So he ends up, he ends up, the Samki. I don't know if we could identify this place, but he ends up drowning in a swamp. So what happens? The question comes to Rav Shila, and Rav Shila Paskins that this person could end up remarrying which means not this person, but his wife could end up remarrying. The problem was, Amale Rav Shmuel. Rav says right away to Shmuel, this guy Rav Shila paskins incorrectly because this is a place of Mayim She'en Lahemsof and the swamp, She'en Lahemsof, and he is uh, letting him remarry. So Rav, Amale Rav L'shmuel, Tanishmasi. Let's put the guy into uh, nidu, into excommunication. So Shmuel's response is, "Well, not so fast. We're going to excommunicate someone who we haven't even spoken to." You want to talk about Donald Kafskus, about judging a person favorably? Let's find out what exactly the situation is. I mean, this is just such an incredible halachal ma'isa situation today, where so many people post things whether it's in social media or Lush and Hara, and they don't even have the facts. They didn't even speak to the person who was involved in this situation. What a Gemara. So Amar Lay, he says, Nishlak Lay, Beresha. So let's, let's speak to him. So what happens? Shalchale. So they say to him, listen, are you, Rav Shila, going against the Chachamim? What do you think the Halacha is? Mayim she'en lahem sof. Ishto asura, asura o muteres. So, Shalach Lahu, he sends back to him. It sounds like this is being done through Shlichus. Maybe, you know, we don't know where everybody was living, so it wasn't done face to face. Ishto Asura. He says the Ishto is Asura. And then they say to him, well, if that's true, then what do you think about the Sagam, the Samki? Mayim Sheesh Lahem Sof, or Mayim She'en Lahem Sof? So he sends back to them, Shalach Lahu, no, I agree that it's a Mayim She'en Lahem Sof. So therefore, really, this woman shouldn't be able to get remarried. So they asked him, so why did you paskin this way? My time of Adachi. And he says something incredible. Mita ta'ina. I made a mistake. I actually paskined incorrectly. Now again, the consequences here, that's what I spoke about in the beginning of this year. Now, how did he paskin incorrectly? He knew the halacha of Mayim She'enla himself you can't allow a person to marry. And he also identified this place correctly as a Mayim She'en himself. But he said, Since the water is uh, stable, stagnant, I thought that a person uh, would not be travel far in the water. So therefore, it is like a Mayim She'en himself. But then he realized that's not true. 
because there could be an undercurrent or something else that would push the body, and therefore he made this mistake. Now, what happens afterwards is, so first of all, you see the humility of being able to say, I messed up, which takes humility. The Rabbi Soloveitchik pointed out that the most important word in the whole Yomim Narayim davening is avol. What do we say? Avol anachnu vavaseinu chatano. Just to be able to admit that you messed up is, takes tremendous humility, and it's very hard for us to do that. Right? That is not the way very proud people are, but we have to admit when we make a mistake. So that's number one. Number two, you see over here Rav Shmuel who are praising each other. Kari Shmuel, Alei Dirav, Lo Yuna Latzadik. He says to him that if I wouldn't have seen you, right, I wouldn't have bumped into you, the Hashkachas Hashem, I would have ended up uh, making this big mistake. And then Shmuel responds, and he's, you know, by putting him into Cheyrim. And Shmuel responds, No, you know what? It's always good to get advice. Utashua, Barov Yoetz. You know, we have many statements of Marbe similar to Marba Eitza Marba Chachma. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, right, took advice from his father-in-law, which is shocking in its own right, but it's Moshe Rabbeinu. What does he need advice from someone else? But he understood that he could take advice from a Yisrael. The Yarachayim HaKadosh says it actually proves that just because you're a Jew doesn't mean that you can't take advice from an Anjou. What makes us unique and special is the fact that we have the Torah, which Hashem gave us to a Chesed, not necessarily that we're always the smartest. So this is just a little piece of, you could call it a garita slash halacha, where you learn so much from. We have a couple of uh, pieces of a garita with uh, Rabbi Akiva. In one case, Rabbi Akiva is, uh, falls off a boat. Apparently the boat fell apart. And in the second case, uh, Rabbi Akiva is on a boat, and he sees another boat which breaks apart and Reb Meir is there. The reason this is brought, being brought la is to show how in a Mayim She'en La himself, it's possible that these people could be saved. You look around and um, in the situation where you can't see all four corners, something, I wouldn't say necessarily miraculous, but uh, extraordinary took place. Rabbi Akiva grabs on to the daf, and he ends up being saved. Um, it's very famous. I'm not sure if it's a footnote in any of the Gemaras, but uh, I heard this many years ago. Rameir Shapiro, which, when he was encouraging the learning of daf yomi, and we could say this the same thing for daf Shavua, he used this uh, as a metaphor that the daf is what saves us. You know, we have very strong uh, waves, waters in uh, living, especially in Gullis. And if you anchor yourself, daf shelsvina nizdamein li. Another point I wanted to bring up is you will notice many, many gemaras where Rabbi Akiva is on a svina. Maybe most famous is coming up uh, sooner than we think is going to be Rabbi Akiva on sukkahs. We have a couple of gemaras in Masech Sukkah where he is on a uh, top of a, of a boat of a Sfina. We learn certain halachos as far as uh, how do you purchase a, an esrog if there's only one esrog for a number of people and it still could be lachem. We also learn about uh, the walls 
of a sukkah from this story, or from another story of Rabbi Akiva. When there's winds, you know, what type of walls do you need? And the question is, what's Rabbi Akiva doing? You know, his busy life was he on, uh, you know, some Pesach program. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I heard Rabbi Wine or Barrel Wine explain once, and it's very logical that uh, Rabbi the the Romans took many of the Jewish children after the Chorban. They took them to Rome. They used them in all different ways. Sometimes for uh, znus, sometimes as avadim, sometimes working in uh, mines. And Rabbi Akiva would be part of the leadership in trying to redeem these children. So that's what's going on with trips to Rome. This is not like going back and forth between Bavel and Eretz Yisrael, which you see very often in the Gemara. <coughs> so that's likely what's happening here as well. We had a uh, similar situation after World War II. We were of Herzog, Riff Silver, Eliezer Silver. They went back to... Uh, Germany, Poland, uh, different places to try to redeem Jewish children who were saved by non-Jews. On one hand, it was beautiful that they saved them, but there were a lot of tragic stories where they had already been baptized and they wouldn't give them up. Sometimes they did give them up. If you know the Shweki song, he has a song about this. So that's a little bit of a sidebar, but you also see the complexity of the life of Rabbi Akiva talk about someone who uh, was rejected by his father-in-law, went away to learn for so many years, had the terrible tragedy of the loss of his Talmidim, and still you see him as such an activist and such a massive Talmud Chacham. He's also involved with Bar Kachba. So the, you really get to see here in the Gemara. Now remember earlier in Yavamis we learned about the Rabbi Akiva and his Talmidim, so he makes a very featured appearance here at the end of the Masechet as well. The last topic that I want to touch on is actually an interesting topic that comes up a number of places, even in Hilchus Kashrus. We generally assume, we uh, learned this in the parasha last week and we've been discussing this uh, for a long time in Sechus Yivamis, Apishnayim Yakum Davar, that generally we're going to need, for Eidos, we're going to need to aid them to uh, testify. We've seen exceptions, right, with the woman case. But then there's a something else, a special category, which is called Mesiach Lefitumo. Mesiach Lefitumo is when someone's telling a story. Lefitumo, he's totally innocent, just telling a story, recording an event. And from that story, we can learn facts that could have a halachic, could make a halachic difference. This is going to come up in uh, Ksuvis, actually, on Dafchav Zayin Amit Beis. The Ritva here on Yuvamas. Kufchaf Aleph Ahmed Bey says this is not called Eidos at all. And the proof to that is that you have a situation where a non-Jew mentions that uh, someone died and we end up relying on his Mesiach Lofitumo. He has nothing to gain by mentioning that this person died. We're able to get to have some form of uh, evidence or we definitely believe the person that the person died that, and then, then the wife would be able to go and remarry. You also have along these lines these kids' stories where the kids are talking about kids are not eligible to give edus. They don't have the das to give edus. And they are uh, also believed. Now the Gemara qualifies that and says we have to be talking about a situation where the kids are very specific because maybe they just uh, made up a story. 
So it's not enough that they said they're going to the funeral of someone. It has to be that they're coming back. And they also have to give additional information, like the names of the Rabbanim who were there. And Mesiach uh, Lefitumo, just very briefly, could come up in Kastros if you... Um, you know, ask a person who's a non-Jew who maybe is a cook in a place um, and doesn't really know what you're asking and you want to get a halachic answer from them, you know, were the vegetables checked or not. So again, today you would say that's probably not because they know that the vegetables have to be checked, but it could come in uh, different areas as well. Okay, one more week to go. Have a great week of learning.